Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Catherine Whittaker of Eurosport and myself, David Law from BBC Radio 5 Live, talk to you as we walk through the grounds of the US Open because we are racing for the bus because Andy Murray has given us an early night thanks to the most ruthless, savage, extraordinarily brilliant performance that I think I've ever seen from him. Uh, I, I was absolutely bowled over. But, listeners... We're racing for the bus, but we're still giving you a tennis podcast. Catherine Whitaker, uh, you've just spoken to Andy Murray. I, I've just described it in a few words as to what I saw from the man. What did he have to say about it? He's not exactly one for, for sort of hyperbole about himself, is he? But, I mean, I don't see how he could have done anything much better than he did tonight. No, it's funny. My first question with him, I, I, I thought it was a bit of a punt. I uh, debated whether or not to put this to him. I said, have you ever played a better match than that? And I thought he would bat it away. You know, I thought oh, he'll, he'll quash that and go, oh. And he sort of said, oh, it's hard to say, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe I haven't. Uh, and after, I mean, it, it was almost a bit uncomfortable for, for us Grigor Dimitrov fans. I mean, it was such a statement. We talked last night. Try not to walk through into that tree there, Catherine. We've just had to uh, uh, separate Catherine from the microphone as we walked headlong in towards a trunk. First, there we are. We're all right now. First ever in-transit tennis podcast. Um, yeah, we talked last night about how Novak Djokovic's performance was a statement performance, knowing in the back of his mind that Andy would have been watching because it was against his his countrymen. Well, it was, you know, it's statement and reply, isn't it? I, I, I don't know if that's what was in his mind, but it, it wow. I mean, yeah, statement and reply. It, it was quite something. He uh, he said, yeah, it's possible I haven't played a better match than that. He said, uh, I asked him about the fact that he hit, according to IBM, his fastest ever serve tonight. Apparently he hit one faster in San Jose and Davis Cup, but those uh, speed guns are not necessarily the most reputable speed guns. I think... For most people's money, he hit his fastest ever serve tonight of 141 miles per hour. 
And he said that gives me enormous confidence in in my serve. He said that's a really big deal for me uh, going forward. He'll play Nishikori next. I fear, I fear Nishikori might be fodder, frankly. The thing is, that wasn't just one big serve. First of all, I do love the fact that Andy Murray, basically, despite having just sweated and run about and belted the ball for two hours, still has the stats to hand in his own mind that we've been spending the full two hours trying to look up to see whether it's as fast as ever served oh and he corrects us in the post-match interview typical Andy Murray uh, he, he, he really does know his stuff but it wasn't to me it wasn't just the headline figure of 141 miles an hour there was a long period of Andy Murray's career and, and, and if you think back two years ago to when he faced Dimitrov at Wimbledon in the quarterfinals you look at his first serve percentage it was really high because he was slowing them down getting them in sort of carving them into the corners and trying to play the game that way we're just walking past a I don't even know what it is it looks like a sort of a, a generator hence the noise you hear in the background as we just come towards the media bus here and uh, Catherine and I are just going to stop here to continue our chat um, he it was the relentlessness of the pace of the serve every single one was between 126 and 133 miles an hour throughout the whole match I mean, it was strong-armed, bullying tennis. And, I mean, I don't think Grigor Dimitrov played particularly badly. I thought for the first set and a half, he was hitting the ball really well. He was running, he ran into a brick wall tonight. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I know that Andy Murray wasn't up against the best player in the world or, the, or one of the five or six best players in the world. But in terms of his own level, I've not seen better than that. He didn't play badly, Dimitrov, because he didn't play at all. I mean, he just wasn't in that match. He didn't have any opportunity. Okay, he broke back the one time in. Uh, did he break? Was it in the second set? Uh, but I mean, but even then, there was no moment where he thought, okay, the match is on now. It just felt like a, a fig leaf of dignity for for Dimitrov, which uh, I was pleased for at, at the time. Uh, it's funny. I, I asked him. I asked him whether you know his main priority tonight was energy and time conservation. You know, again, looking back to what happened in Paris and and your recollection of what Boris said being the difference between him and and Djokovic in Paris and what whatever it was five five hours seventeen minutes was his reply. That well, anyway, the difference in time spent on court prior to the final between him and Djokovic, and and he said actually. He said, well, after the last match against Lorenzi, everybody said I played rubbish and I didn't play rubbish. And, I, and, and maybe I have to put in a performance like that for people to say, oh, he's playing well. You know, I think he was a bit annoyed at the reaction to losing a set to Paolo Lorenzi last time around because I think he feels he played pretty decent tennis in that match. And he quite often does that, doesn't he? He's a bit what, competitive. What? And, you know, oh, there's the, you know, there's another guy on the court as well. It's not just me. You can't just look at me. And he's, an and he's right. To be fair he's to right. him, he's yeah. right about that. What, what did strike me, though, was when he sat down at 6-1-4-1, sat down in his chair, having broken serve again. He was annoyed because he'd lost his serve in the previous game or he'd lost a game and he broke again. Sits down 6-1-4-1. And I had to apologise on BBC Radio 5 Live because he swore. He swore at 6141. That's how in tune he was, and that's how desperate he was to just play a flawless match. And he was, in, he was pumping himself up after winners in, in almost sort of anticipation of a potential letdown, and he just wasn't going to allow that. I mean, it was, 
it was a, an absolutely spellbinding tennis. I mean, he was he was dressed all in black, head to toe, like Darth Vader, and he played evil tennis tonight. I love that he isn't doing any of this jazzy fluoro with his with his clothes. Well done, Under Armour. I, I incidentally, Catherine, I, mean, I hate. I'm hating the fluoro. I'm hating the. Sorry, the, I'm hating the Nike kit this year. I think it's. Why are you wearing it then, Catherine? I mean, you've got a bit of pink going on there. Um, I. I I have to say, though, I, I, you used the word statement tennis at the outset. It's something we've said a number of times throughout the year, particularly in relation to Djokovic at the start of the year. Remember when he put the 6-1 set on Nadal in Doha, 6-1 set on Federer in the semifinals, 6-1 set, first set against Stanley Murray in the final of the Australian Open. Now, I put that out on Twitter. Inevitably, I got a few people saying, oh, well, you know, it's not the same level of opponents, isn't it? Which you always get, which I understand. People think that you're trying to compare... Murray and Djokovic and I and I get the point um, that they are very different level opponents but the fact of the matter is in terms of level in terms of intensity in terms of ruthlessness this was similar and actually what I'm doing there is paying Andy Murray the ultimate compliments by comparing him in the same sentence as Novak Djokovic so I'm bigger than both of folks um, and uh, all I can say is all I can say is I hope that they meet in the final that's not to do anything uh, any disservice to Kane Ishikori who was who was exceptional today by the way I thought he was really good Kane Ishikori there's, there's Jeff Tarango from BBC Radio 5 Live let's have a quick word with him who is uh, commentating with uh, with us tonight Jeff Tarango your, your impressions of, uh, of Andy Murray phenomenal Phenomenal. It's a new word that Jeff Tarango has invented, isn't it? It's a combination of phenomenal but with extra venom. That's right. And he had a lot of I am not sorry with extra not on the side. And then he said... Jeff Tarango's gone. He's gone to get the bus. We're going to have to go and get the bus in a second, Catherine. Um, So, you know, anyway, the bottom line is... Both brilliant players. Both have put statement performances in. Nishikori was fantastic. Can't wait to see the PlayStation tennis that those two are going to play against each other. Vavrinka, mm, bit up and down, but you never know. He can provide brilliance at any time. It's shaping up nicely, this US Open. It is, yeah. Just to wrap up, a few other... I mean, Del Potro, I, I, I could talk all day about Dominic Team and what he's playing at, you know, having to retire from fourth round. I, I'm, yeah, same. See podcasts of four weeks ago eight weeks ago you know sort out your schedule Dominic because we all want you to start fulfilling your potential but brilliant <laughs> one Martin Del Potro's story yeah, carries I, on isn't it and hasn't dropped a set <laughs> isn't he lovely yeah he's fantastic I can't wait to see rematch of the Wimbledon second round Del Potro Vavrinka fantastic shame about Venus Venus, Venus uh, that match was unbelievable I mean she saved those three match points Pliskova 40 love looking like her arm was made of lead I thought you know it's written for Venus the crowd supporting her it was more than for Nadal and Puy yesterday and that is saying something I love how much they love her here I love that they always put her on Arthur Ashe that's what she deserves you know I get why at Wimbledon they can't always put her on centre court but you know to see her out on court 18 or something it does make me a bit sad I love how much they love her it's what she deserves and I'm I mean, it's great for Pliskova, and uh, she did play a great match. She needs to come into the net more. With that, game, the difference between the two of them was they had pretty much the same game, except Venus had the confidence to follow in uh, the short balls because she can volley better. If Pliskova can learn to volley, she's going to be formidable. But she both can't volley and know she can't volley, so it doesn't even 
try when she gutsy really did. though, huh? Gutsy performance with that crowd against her. So so gut. I mean, that was tough. That was the that was the most. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not biased because that's on that's has negative com- partisan. Most partisan. It's late, folks. It's late. Most partisan crowd I've experienced. Uh, it was incredible, but and Pliskova deserved it. But I'm sad for Venus. Yeah, me too. Serena, amazing. Amazing. Amazing, we'll leave it at that. Catherine, our bus is about to go. You go and get on that one, I'll go and get on this one. Listeners, we'll speak to you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.